You're listening to Around the King's Table, a podcast of the Mount Church in Clemson, South Carolina, with Pastor George Marshall and Pastor Brian Mann. Pull up a chair and listen in as they seek to serve up biblical dialogue for building disciples of Jesus. Welcome to another episode of Around the King's Table. I'm Brian. And I'm George. And today, we're going to dive right in. We've got a couple of commentaries on the table, (laughs) a little bit of afternoon coffee, and we are going to be looking at 1 Timothy chapter 2 and uh, continue our series look in the book. At the book? At the book? I think it's at the book. Okay. Get my prepositions. It's okay. Correct. All right, chapter two. We're not going to read the passage, um, but we are going to step our way through it. So yeah. if you want to hit pause right now and then go read the chapter and then come back to it, you can do that right now. There you go. But we're going to go ahead. Yep, let's go. Okay. So chapter two, First Timothy. Oh, yeah. What's striking to you there? Uh, he just, just as we start out jumps right into prayer and mm-hmm. and prayer for a specific set that we might not have thought hmm. um he prays that or he asks them says let's pray for hmm. those people who maybe aren't even christians the, the the people who are sort of in control in the area and have the ability to make life incredibly difficult yes or to open a door for the gospel hmm. ultimately it shows paul being very very much concerned that these people, the Ephesians, really are living their life in a way that helps the gospel move along. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yep. So we 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 come into chapter two. Uh, it seems like chapter one again, just a by way of reminder. Uh, he is imploring Timothy to do everything he can to um, guard the good deposit, guard mm-hmm. the gospel in the context of a local church, local churches. And to have that passed along yeah, as well, uh, that emphasis. Uh, Paul gives a little bit of his testimony, mm-hmm. uh, which is glorious. Uh, the chief of sinners is not a man in hell, but a man in heaven because of the great grace of Jesus. That same grace yeah. is available to all people, as mm-hmm. we're going to get to here in our chapter. And it's almost like he gets to First Timothy chapter 2, and now he's going to get into his instructions. Yeah. And so he actually says, first of all, first of all, first of all, then I want you to pray. Pray. Yeah. I, he says, I actually urge you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a convicting way to begin because I don't know. I'm just speaking honestly how often I'm making supplications and uh, intercessions and prayers. Mm-hmm. He also adds thanksgivings. Yep. So you're looking really hard. He's actually pretty that... consistent in doing that through his letters. That's kind of an interesting feature that we yeah. often overlook. But... Yes. I thank God for these people who are making my life as a Christian very, very difficult. Yeah. Right. You're finding things. It's almost like you're being pressed to find things uh, that are commendable about anybody. Right. And there's also, of course, always the thanksgiving that God is ultimately in control. And so we can trust him. Mm. But yeah. 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 So again, uh, that's that's verse one there. Uh, this this urge urging uh, of uh, Timothy of the, of the Christians uh, in Ephesus to be praying for all people. Uh, he mentions there again uh, verse two for kings and all who are in high positions. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. authority figures, many of whom yep. who, who would be directly responsible for conditions that were unfavorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get a purpose statement. Mm-hmm. Middle of verse 2. Yeah. You want to read the purpose statement? I do. Yeah. Great. That we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything come to mind there for you? I mean, it just speaks to he doesn't, he's not trying to create conflict mm. for conflict's sake. Mm. The church yeah. is going to run up against the world. Yeah. But we're not trying to create that conflict. Mm. We're just presenting the gospel. And that will necessarily bring some kinds of conflict, but our desire is still to lead quiet lives as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our charge is love, yeah. which is already said in the first chapter. Yeah, verse 5. We would hope that that would allow us to live actually fairly good lives that present the gospel in mm-hmm. a very real sense, um, rather than it constantly being one where we're just attacking everybody and and being very confrontational and aggressive yeah. in a way that doesn't bear good will towards the gospel. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what episode it was. I think we've talked about this before. What is the the right way to for Christians to respond to mm-hmm. awful things, yeah. injustices and whatnot? And uh, we talked a little bit about like Christian, quote unquote, Christian activism. And, yeah. you know, uh, you see all of the, the stuff on social media. Yeah. Um, how we present ourselves, how we uh, answer, how what's our tone? Oh, uh, well, yeah, right. And I've spent way too much time in the Twitterverse, Christian Twitterverse recently, and it's just gross. <laughs> it's just gross, uh, lamentably, according to these verses. Absolutely. Lamentably. And I think but in an earlier episode, we had actually talked about how how making prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings for all people, for kings, for those who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Mm-hmm. That actually is Christian Activism is Christian activity. Absolutely, that, that that peaceable, quiet life is wonderfully active for advancing yeah. uh, the cause and of Christ. I, it's probably helpful to think of it in two ways. I mean, you have the first way, which is this is us facing outward. So we live in such a way, and hopefully, we're praying for those so that we can live in that way where our outward influence is not negative; it's not mm. received poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, then there's our internal relation, how we talk to other believers, whether we're talking online or you know whatever our conversations, how those bleed over is actually something a little bit different from what Paul is really dealing with here. Hmm. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I'm not trying to you know say that that's yeah. not. I'm just kind of, there. There are these two different avenues of our conversation, and they bleed over into each other. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, again, I think it. It matters in general. Again, this is not to say that we don't uh, take stances on things or that we don't speak out about certain things. Uh, We take opportunity here to give sermons to sanctity of human life and these kinds of things, right? Um, The church absolutely has a, it has a prophetic prophetic voice. It has has a, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's right. But in general, just from day to day, the the church is not intending to stir up strife. It's Correct. not intending to stir up conflict. It's seeking to be yeah. faithful to Jesus. And what do we see of Jesus? 
<laughs> right? Like we're we're at the end of John's gospel now. He's being mistreated, maligned. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's in our passage for this Sunday. He's going to be, you know, mocked and beaten and eventually crucified. Mm-hmm. And yet every step along the way, he is peaceful. Yep. Quiet. Yep. You know, and silent even as Isaiah mm-hmm. wants to put it. Right, yeah. and that's his glory. Mm-hmm. Right. So we want to be following in the steps of, of the Lord in that way. For sure. Bearing a cross. I think these words are really, the purpose statement here really does get at what it looks like in most instances to to bear a cross and, and follow him. Mm-hmm. All right. So he says, uh, verse three now, that yeah. this kind of life it's good. is good. It's good and it's pleasing mm-hmm. in the sight of God our Savior. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where it get, starts to get interesting. Chapter 2 of Timothy has a lot of interesting things uh, in it. Yeah. And, and now it begins to, to, to get that way. Um, this is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. Verse 4. Who desires all people mm-hmm. to be saved. And to come to the knowledge and of the truth. to come to the knowledge of the truth. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, just real quick. The, the link there between God's desire mm-hmm. uh, as Savior... And the kind of life that he's wanting us to lead, or Paul is urging us to, to lead here in the first couple of verses, mm-hmm. right, is that we would uh, seek the good or seek the benefit of all people. Mm-hmm. And that's connected to our God and Savior who mm-hmm. desires all people to be all saved. people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So it's again, right. it's not it's more than just, oh, that you would lead quiet lives that allow you to go about your business. Mm-hmm. But this is really gospel expansion focused. So the ability to lead quiet lives leads to not having boundaries, restrictions, extra things put on, Mm. extra persecution, extra enforcement that causes the gospel to kind of be stymied, for it not to progress. Paul is going all around Asia Minor. He doesn't necessarily, and he he wants the churches to follow him. He doesn't want them restricted to this small area so that they can't move because people are worried about their behavior. You know, the way y'all are behaving in the family, the way y'all are behaving in the church is presenting examples that the, that the world is now fighting. Right. Don't present a face that's going to be like that. You don't so that we can to. keep on. Yeah, yeah, right. The gospel is offensive. It's going to be. Yeah. Enough, right. Just be faithful to that. You'll find problems right. in the world. They'll find you. Yep. Um, but, but we want to live the kind of lives that remove uh, any unnecessary obstacles to mm. the salvation of every soul. Be helpful sometimes if we keep that in mind. I think as, I, I as, think we're, so. as we're living from, <laughs> yeah. from from day to day and and, and going in and out amongst uh, uh, you know just the people that are in our our area, uh, just to think how I should conduct myself in a way at all times mm-hmm. that removes as many obstacles as possible sure. for the salvation of their souls. Yeah. I think a big element here is also, you know, maybe helpful is recognizing, and this is especially in the South, we're in the South here, that uh, those people we're encountering on the street, um, the political authorities, we can't guarantee or even expect that they are believers, hmm. um, that they're Christ followers. And I think, especially in the South, we get hmm. this, you know, we all have the same background, we all have the same culture, so we almost believe the same things. And so we make assumptions that are just not valid. Um, so it is helpful, I think, as Christians to, not in a negative way, not pessimistically, but to recognize that those we're interacting with, they're not necessarily Christians. And so the way we comport ourselves says a lot about 
who Christ is to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's important to yeah. get out of that. Yeah. At one level, the fact that God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, the implication underneath that is we come into the world apart from Christ, all people are condemned. Condemned. They're, yeah, yeah. they're under judgment and they are enslaved to error. They're enslaved to darkness, uh-huh. to a lie. Yeah. Right. Uh, do you want to say anything about uh, who desires all people to be <laughs> saved? The yeah. only reason I, I bring that up is because eventually we're going to get to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Yep. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, I believe it's verse 10, it is going to say, Paul is going to say, For to, to this end we toil and strive because we have our hopes set on the living God who is the Savior of all people. Especially of those who believe. Especially of those who yeah. believe. I mean, Anything to say there? I guess I didn't even, it didn't strike me because <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm reading it, I'm just yeah. naturally thinking, I mean, no. it, it's understandable to me that I desire lots of good things for lots of people. Mm. Um, that does not mean I enact them myself. Now I'm of course much less powerful than God. So mm. maybe that's a poor example. Um, but I desire good things for my kids that sometimes I don't actually cause to happen mm-hmm. um i may desire them for them but i let them have to work on things or i have other goals that you know they wouldn't understand in their wisdom why i would do things the way i would do them yeah. um and i think that applies here is that you know god does desire he loves all the world but yeah that doesn't necessarily mean that we're all saved it, it, this we're is not a, to be this is not saved. a statement of universalism yeah. or you know right. something like that mm-hmm yeah. It is a reflection of his heart and therefore a reflection of how our mission mm-hmm. as a church plays out. Yeah, right. Um, that we're not, we're, we're, if he desires all people to save, there's no, there's no person we can exclude mm-hmm. and there's no, we, we can't go, well, they're beyond the pale, so I don't have right. to be peaceable with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, you have Paul, so. who is a, I mean, uh, for the longest time was a Pharisee, mm-hmm. he's a Jewish man. Yeah. Uh, but he's been, as he's going to say in our chapter, he's been appointed by God to be a teacher, an mm-hmm. apostle, a preacher to the Gentiles. Yep. And, uh, and so that the, the, the mission of, of Christ, um, the one that he has passed along to the church, a, a great commission, uh, is one that is not exclusive to, right. you know, a certain, certain group people. of people, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that group may be. Right. Uh, it is, no, this, this gospel, this Christ, uh, this salvation is is for all the world it really mm-hmm. is there is a real sense in which it is for all the world for god so loved the world that he gave his only son right so yeah. um we do want to hold hold to to that there's probably something here as well about the will of i don't know how exactly the theologians want to talk about it will of desire versus like will of right that's like where his ordinance really, yeah right um yeah. so he can he can desire certain things that he does not cause to, to come, about. come about yeah that's right yeah yeah and ultimately he knows best how to glorify himself. Yeah. In that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So now we move into it. Uh, one of those great um, memory verses, right? First mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Timothy two, verse five. Again, uh, God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one, one God. God. There's just one. One God. One. Mediator. And there's one mediator, mm-hmm. right? Between God. And men, the whole mass of humanity, yep. men, the man Christ Jesus, uh-huh. who gave himself as a ransom for all 
which is the testimony given at the proper time. Really interesting yeah. statement there. What are the things that stick out to you? I, he keeps it on a one, and I mean, this is going to be a, a, an important, you know, Trinitarian text as we, you know, move forward in history. Hmm. Um, just seeing that this one God and one man are are both Savior ultimately, um, and we know that there's no Savior except the Lord, hmm. um, and so these tie together in a very, very nice way. Um, the testimony given at the proper time really, really ties Paul's yeah. own work into what Christ is doing as not distinct things, uh, but again, reinforcing that his his words and his urging are not just um, a, a nice to do. If 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 it's okay, if it works out, no. These are these are commands coming from Christ, mm. um, who died for us at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if you're going to bring out any kind of uh, awesome Greekness, not no. geek, not geekness, Greek Greekness. I was trying to, to be, be clear good. on that. I was trying to be um, good. When he says, "Which is the testimony given at the proper time," instead of, for example, "Which was the testimony mm-hmm. given at the proper time," if there's something there to the the the, the present versus the past uh, tense, it's an ongoing testimony. I'd have to look. I didn't actually. Yeah. I didn't okay. Dig you into can it. look. You can look. I'll have to look later. Okay. Um, the, the thing here is, uh, again, there is one God, not many gods. Uh, there is one God. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the creator of everyone. Uh, he is also the redeemer in a real sense mm-hmm. of anyone. Yeah. And, uh, so there's one God and he's let his desire for, uh, the world to come to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth, he's let that mm-hmm. be known in the giving of a mediator, someone who can intercede, a go-between. Absolutely. Uh, between himself and us, uh, someone who can bridge the gap and reconcile us to him. Uh, again, really interesting here that Paul focuses, although I'll look at the little note here just to make sure I don't mess this, men and men <laughs> render the same. Mid, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. one and four. So yeah. between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. That's yep. really interesting. He is, he is man. Mm-hmm. He's not just divine. He's not some hybrid. He is mm-hmm. He's man. He is the divine Christ mm-hmm. yeah. who became a man. And that man's name it's Jesus. was Jesus. Yeah. A real person who can yeah. really be testified and witnessed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think and the then, next thing pulls out is yeah. the, the fact that, and when we probably too quickly tie these together, you start getting into theological discussion and maybe they're not as, as tied. Um, the fact that mediation and ransom are not necessarily the same concepts, mm-hmm. uh, but Paul ties them together in a person. Um, so he is both a mediator, the mediator, and he is also a ransom. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are very two very very different pictures. One is a, a mediator, you know, a party between people, you know, so like reconciliation. Whereas, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's two Medi- different scenes yeah. going on here that kind of come mm-hmm. together, and we do have to hold them together. Mm-hmm. They are related to one another, but at different times, segments in the church have tried to put one over the other and they work mm-hmm. they, ha- they work better together mm-hmm. him being both mediator and yeah. ransom it's really interesting because this language also occurs i believe it's in mark chapter 10 verse 45 where jesus himself mm-hmm. talks about the son of man yeah. being a ransom although he doesn't say for all there he says for yeah. many he says a ransom for many my life is a ransom for many here paul says he gave his life for a, ran- a ransom for all yeah. um just a note just it's to, interesting just to note that yep yep so again uh, but but that's glorious. 
right? We're about where, I mean, again, we're at the end of John just in our Sunday mm-hmm. uh, teaching and, and preaching. And um, this past Sunday, we talked about the, the swap, the exchange that happens there between Barabbas and right. Jesus. And uh, just the picture that that is of something uh, that's going to occur on the cross, but in an even more infinitely significant way, he's going to insert himself right. before between us and God. And he's going to bear... Uh, the, uh, the penalty of our sins, yep. yep, and we're gonna we're going to receive His righteousness, and we're going to be set free uh, yep. as children of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so uh, just a, a wonderful uh, picture there. And then here we get the concise, more more systematic mm-hmm. theological statement: uh, He gave Himself as a ransom for all. Uh, verse seven. Yeah. So He says, "For this, for mm-hmm. this." Right, mm-hmm. uh, this this good news, this gospel of uh, the the ransoming Christ. Um, mm-hmm. I was appointed, yep. a preacher and an apostle. Interesting, the order of uh, <laughs> titles or offices there: a preacher and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles mm-hmm. in faith and truth. Anything for you there? Yeah, I'm not so surprised about the the, the preacher and apostle. Hmm. I mean, because basically what you're saying is somebody who proclaims versus somebody who is a messenger, messenger maybe even elevated, yeah. sent by Christ. Yeah. And so he does actually kind of end with that so that you can go into the parenthetical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he again, as he started out, even in chapter one, part of what he's doing is reinforcing that He's not just some random guy you know, that that God has appointed him as an apostle. God is the one who gave him authority mm-hmm. to teach um, and that Timothy should carry that authority forward yeah. um, as he goes to talk to this church um, and try to you know, build up the structure so that they're healthy and can, yeah. can expand. Yeah. yeah. And specifically an apostle to the Gentiles. Absolutely. Uh, where he's, yeah. you know, you're trying to establish... Uh, Christ honoring churches outside of the Jewish yeah. context. You yeah. know, what is this going to look like in Gentile areas? Yeah, and, yeah, and I think it's the, the wisdom of, of having a Jewish man who is mm-hmm. intensely, you know, patriotic, I would say, is even yeah. the right word in this context, but mm-hmm. be the one who goes, we've gotten this all wrong, and then mm-hmm. go full on, full steam to the Gentiles is pretty important. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, that's right. Now, I do think, uh, so the chapter's kind of cut in half here. Yeah, it is. One through seven, and then eight through 15. But if there is a a link there between seven and eight, it probably is him saying something like this. I I imagine, um, perhaps, this is just an imagination, um, but he's thinking, I'm about to write some things that could be controversial not just today yeah but but even then even then yeah yeah right and uh so in verse seven he says i was appointed mm-hmm. a preacher and an apostle yep i'm telling the truth to the gentiles a teacher in faith and truth mm-hmm. so again sent by christ i have an authority yeah. here for establishing what's supposed to be happening precedent in the context of the church. Yep. Right. And then he comes to verse eight. 
Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the context, right? It does, although I, I don't know that there's such a gap. Like, so even if you go back to verse one, it's first of all, then I urge that supplications, mm-hmm. prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings. I think actually this was sort of a discursus, this whole mm-hmm. part kind of reinforcing why he has the authority to, to command it. Yep. Why this is even a thing? Why would I urge you to do and behave and act this way? Ultimately, it's because you were saved by another from the sin you were not able to deal with. Mm. Um, but he's really going back to verse one. I urge you to pray, men. Now we go into it. Be mm-hmm. in prayer. Mm-hmm. But Brian, I think we can see where this is going. Uh, verses eight through fifteen are going to take a little while. So why don't we break here and we'll come back next time and get to it. Thanks, brother. See ya.